Welcome to the 10-Minute Yogi. Today we are talking about chronic dehydration. It is a plague that consumes our society. Chronic dehydration. Think about it. We live in a world where still, for most of the Western world, water is basically free. Now, it is not that healthy. In fact, if you try to get healthy water, you'll quickly find that it might actually cost you more than gasoline or diesel fuel to power most of your cars. But it is actually worth to you a whole lot more than that expensive fuel that is dug out of the ground, distilled in various plants, and shipped all over the world. Chronic dehydration is is an incredible plague that is affecting millions and millions of people, and most of them don't know anything about it. So many folks, you may be included, choose to drink most of their fluid in the form, and, and this is the worst, of some type of diet soda. It, it is just amazing when I watch the people that I would otherwise think are healthy that think somehow saving a calorie or two and drinking some type of totally artificial beverage is in any way not literally playing Russian roulette with a gun, putting it up to their head. The different types of sweeteners that are totally artificial, and I'm probably not having to tell most of my audience how bad that is, but on top of all that, they fool your body into thinking that you're taking in nutrition, that you're hydrating yourself, and that you're actually feeding your body when you're doing just the opposite and fooling everything about you. Also, all the medication that people are on, and I'm not condemning anyone who has mental issues or physical problems or perceived mental or physical problems for taking medication, but most of those medications do tell you to make sure to drink with plenty of fluid and the most wonderful, beautiful fluid on the planet is clean, pure drinking water clean, pure drinking water. Whenever you have a choice, that should be your default. Now, I'm not going to get into all the different types of filters and and distilled water and things that you can buy, but I do encourage you to not just listen to what I say, but go and spend a little bit of time researching. In my house, we drink distilled water that I put a little bit of apple cider vinegar in to add some minerals back to it, or actually uh, there's a trace mineral made by Best Minerals that I put into our water also. One of the two, either a little uh, a tablespoon to five gallons of apple cider vinegar or about 20 drops of BEST, which is from Salt Lake City, from somewhere in Utah, just outside Salt Lake City, where they actually have an ancient place where an old I think it's an ancient, actually, peat bog, millions of years old, potentially, where they they get minerals and they bottle those, and, and you can do that, too. But whatever makes sense, drink water. Now, you might say, okay, I hear this all the time, but, you know, I try, but how much should I even drink? And it's hard to drink all that water, and I don't think about it. Well, I'm going to give you a plan for doing that, a plan that I use on a daily basis that helps me make sure that I take in a lot of water. And then you'll say, well, I don't like having to go to the bathroom all the time. I don't like having to urinate constantly. Let me give you this one. Once you actually do increase the level of your hydration, it'll be after a few days, and you will be going to the bathroom more often than normal when you first start getting yourself hydrated. But once you get hydrated, 
you will not need to go to the bathroom all the time. Your body will reset itself at a higher level. It will hold more water. Now, again, not necessarily more weight. Your body adjusts. But let's just go through why water is important. Because to say that and then to go to, to the trouble and you don't really understand what water does or does not do for you, I have done an experiment. In fact, I started hydrating myself really, really well over the last year. And I'd heard things. I wanted to see what really happened. How did it actually affect me? And I would encourage you, before you do this, you're the kind of person like me and you love to do experiments, okay? Go into your bathroom, close the doors, make sure, try to do it in a room that doesn't have a window so you're not letting a certain amount of natural light in because that can vary and it can change the way that your face looks. But under the same light, take a picture of yourself. Take a selfie of your face, all right, of your face. L save it. Look at the lines, the circles, the wrinkles on your face, the circles under your eyes, the wrinkles in your skin, your complexion. And then after you commit yourself to actually doing this hydration on a daily basis, about 100 to 120 ounces, we're going to tell you how to do that throughout the day so that it actually works for you and it does not become <clears throat> a, a burden, something that you don't want to do that you dread, because it can be if you don't do it the right way. And I want you to save that picture, and then I want you to mark the date you take it, and then six months later, I want you to go back and take another picture. You might take one at three months. You might take one at six months. And I want you to see the difference in your own skin, in your own face, in your complexion, and the sallowness that might be there, the yellowness that's gone. You're going to be amazed. Now, again, it might even be better for you to wait an entire year because you want to be around the same season. I mean, you'll always look better in the summer if you've been out in the sun versus taking that picture in the winter. So, in all fairness, you know, let, let's do it the right way. But let's just go over the things that water does for your skin. Now, the body of a newborn baby is about 80% liquid. But as we get older, our body declines in the amount of liquid that we naturally hold. And it goes actually to less than 70%. And if you work to hydrate your body, you will see that you reduce premature aging. You'll see it in your own face. How many of you are having problems with cystitis, with urinary infections? So much of that is because you are not passing enough water through your kidneys, through your bladder, through your body to actually get the urinary mucous membranes cleared to push the toxins out. And again, if you don't, I mean, just think about it. When you've, you've been out and you've been out in the sun all day, maybe you've been boating or you've been out camping or somewhere, you've been playing sports, and you go and you go to urinate and your urine smells terrible. It's so concentrated. It's so full of all the gunk it's trying to get out of you and it smells so terrible. As opposed to when you've consumed, maybe you've gone and eaten a lot of watermelon or, or, or any number of things or just drank a lot of fluid, a lot of water and you notice how light-colored your urine is, and it doesn't smell. It's much closer and akin to water because you've flushed all of that out. So again, if you've got any issues with urinary tract infections, you need to make sure that you push a lot of water through your body. For those of us who are getting 
older, particularly with rheumatism, rheumatoid arthritis, those types of things. Dehydration abnormally increases the accumulation of toxins in the blood and in cellular fluids. Pain increases in proportion with the concentration of those toxins. So how do you decrease the concentration of those toxins? Drinking water. If you are sitting around all day doing nothing but drinking coffee and soft drinks, alcohol and other things that dehydrate you, no wonder you're going to see all sorts of problems with your body being stiff. You will tell a huge difference. And again, for those of you who like to document things, keep yourself a little diary. You can keep up with how much water you're consuming on a daily basis. Did you get 80 ounces, 100 ounces, 120? What did you get throughout the day? What was your pain levels? I can tell my back, my mid-back, which is sort of my go-to spot for concentration of stress and pain, does not hurt anywhere near, if at all, when I am taking in the kind of fluids. Now, typically when I'm taking in those fluids, too, I find myself spending a little more time on my own body and stretching more and such, but it makes a huge difference, please. Now, cholesterol, here's another one. Cholesterol, dehydration, causes too much liquid to be removed from the inside of the cells, and what happens? Well, the body attempts to stop the loss of that fluid by producing cholesterol. Cholesterol is sort of that salve the body produces to protect itself. Everybody talks about how bad cholesterol is. It's actually made to coat the vessels, the, the lining of the vessels of our body to provide protection from all sorts of things, particularly from free radicals. Now, it will overproduce if we're super unhealthy, and that's what we have to be so careful of. Now, let's talk about things such as alkaline and acidic imbalances in the body. Well, dehydration activates all sorts of enzymatic processes, and it slows them down in the body, and that produces acidification. And those of you who pay attention to acids, you know acid in the body is not good. Alkaline is very good. The more fluid you put in your body, the more you're helping it to achieve an alka, a more alkaline state as far as the stasis that it goes to. Skin problems eczema, those types of things. One of my children suffers from that. And let me tell you, if you get enough moisture in your body to sweat out ounces of water, somewhere between about 20 and 24, what ends up happening is it dilutes those toxins so that your eczema doesn't break out. You'll also see all sorts of skin eruptions and irritations go away. When you start flushing your, because what is your skin? It's your largest elimination organ in the body. If you're helping it by flushing out so many of these toxins through your urinary tract, through your bladder, your kidneys and your bladder and out, and at the same time giving the body lots of fluid that it can sweat out or perspire out. And again, you're not going to increase your perspiration in any offensive way. You're going to actually, when you do uh, perspire, almost said transpire, hopefully that doesn't happen. When you perspire, you will find that your perspiration, when you have lots of water in your body, is not nearly as offensive smelling, if at all. So again, extremely important to pay attention to those things.
Respiratory problems. In the past, many, many, it's been now two decades ago, I had some serious, serious respiratory problems. I had something called uh, an aspergillus, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's that black mold that you see growing in vent, air conditioning vents. Well, that got into my lungs. And for about 15, 20 years, I suffered from chronic lung problems, huge chunks of the nastiest looking cheesy stuff growing inside my lungs. And thank goodness I don't have those problems now. Several reasons for that. I thank the good Lord most of all for hearing my prayers that I beseeched him on a daily basis to answer. But in addition to that, some wonderful nutritionals that helped me. And in addition, I continue to keep my lungs very well by providing lots and lots of fluid in my body because what happens if you're in a car, locked in a car, in the cold, when you're sitting there, you can, that's the easiest way to see all the fluid that is coming out of your lungs in your breath. So the more fluid you have in your body, the more the body has the ability to expel all sorts of toxins to help keep that mucus cleaned out of your lungs and to help keep yourself well as far as your lung health goes. Additionally, gastritis, ulcer problems, to protect the mucous membranes from being destroyed by the acidic digestive fluids in your body, your stomach ends up secreting a layer of mucus. And again, mucus is mostly water. Your body uses mucus everywhere. It uses it in the digestive, digestive tract. It uses it in the lungs. It uses it all over the place to actually provide, well, barriers to help uh, provide lubrication in any number of facets. And again, it requires fluid. And the more fluid you put into your body, the less trouble you're going to have with gastritis, with stomach ulcers, with burping, and all the other problems that you can run into by not having good digestion. Now, again, drinking at the proper times. Let's go off on that just a little bit. Taking in all your fluid during a meal is not the smart thing to do. Drinking lots of fluid several minutes before you eat and after your food has had a chance to digest, taking in more fluid, but drinking all that fluid during the meal is not a good idea. It dilutes the digestive juices significantly and can actually slow down digestion. Then other things. Uh, we talked about digestive disorders a little bit. Chronic dehydration like we said, the secretion of digested juices are less. You need the proper amount. But again, taking that fluid in at the right time, uh, many minutes prior to eating. High and low blood pressure. Remember, the body's blood volume is not enough to completely fill the entire set of arteries, veins, and capillaries if you don't have enough fluid. You give your body enough fluid, it will balance all of it out and it will push out the excess fluid, and it'll push it out in a good way. But when you don't have enough fluid, you're going to really be affecting in a bad way your body's ability to balance your blood pressure. Let's also talk about constipation. This is one, you, those of you who are, who are constipated continually, one thing you will learn as you start taking in lots of fluids you will find that you get more and more regular. You will take in a lot of fluid. We'll tell you, we're going to give our plan here in just a minute, but taking it in in the morning and then getting out and moving around that peristaltic action will actually help flush your guts out 
help get the bowel the bowels cleared. So much of the problem for people who are constantly constipated is they don't take in enough fluid. Oh, they might drink coffee. Oh, they might drink wine and beer. Oh, they might drink soft drinks. But that is not what your body needs. I mean, just think about it. How do you clear out anything, a sewer system? What do you do? You flush it out with water. Oh, yeah, you could clean the pipes out with uh, some type of roto-rooter device to go in there and knock it out. But does that help your pipes? Well, no, of course not. It's going to degrade them. It's going to scratch them and, and at some point wear them out. What's the best way to do it? Flush them out with clean water. That only makes common sense. And again, let's apply, let's apply common sense to our lives. And then lastly, and most importantly, fatigue and energy loss. Dehydration of tissues ends up causing enzymatic activity in our bodies to slow down. Our bodies produce enzymes all over the place, all the various glands, the liver, the kidneys, the stomach. We've got enzymes being produced all over our bodies in all the various glands, th thylamus, hypothalamus. You know, the, uh, we can just go through, you can go through a whole list of those. And if you don't have enough fluid in your body, you're going to see over and over again that your body is not going to function at its highest level. So I hope these dozen or so reasons have really gotten you engaged to say, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. What do I need to do? Here's what you need to do. You need to go out and buy yourself, and I'm looking at the Rubbermaid 20-ounce container that I have that is uh, PBA-free so it doesn't have any of that bad plastic in it. You can look around and find those. I would not be drinking out of plastic unless it, had, uh, it, unless it was PBA-free. That, again, is not the kind of plastic you want to drink out of. Anything with PBA in it is, is going to potentially be a danger to you. Glass or steel is even better. I'm not a big fan of aluminum. But whatever you get, get at least a 20-ounce container. And here's what I do. This is the way I found is the easiest for me. When I get up in the mornings, I get up and the first thing I do is fill up. I top off because I always have this by my bedside too, my 20 ounce container. I top it off and then I'll drink at least 10 ounces. Not too hard to do. Now in the, in the wintertime, when the water is very cold, let me give you some advice. It is hard to drink really cold water, to drink large amounts of it. It's not good for you. It's apparently not good for your heart. And what you need to do is you can warm it up. If you've got a little tea maker where you uh, warm water up, boil, uh, boil water for your tea, if you don't have one, you might want to get one. I will warm up my water so that it's about, I guess, 70, 80 degrees, something like that to where the water is, is a little less than lukewarm, but it's so much easier to drink that way. I don't drink iced water. Don't ever, I don't ever do that. I don't think that's a good way to, to bring in lots of good fresh water for your body. Not when it's iced, because your body then has to heat it all up. A lot of energy loss there, and it can actually make you very cold in the wintertime. So I get up, first thing I do is I try to down about 10 ounces of water. Now, if you want to add to this, it's a great thing to do in the mornings. If you've got allergies or digestive issues and all, to take a swig. And again, you can mix it with water, but I can't drink vinegar water. I'll just take a one-ounce swig or so of my Bragg's apple cider vinegar. 
You don't have to do that. I do it. And then I chase that immediately with uh, 10 more ounces of water. So to begin with, I've taken in about 20 ounces of water. Then I'll go for my workout. So I've got 20 ounces in me. I'll go for a long walk. Maybe I'll do some whatever it might be. If it's some strength training, whatever. During the course of that, I can take with me another 20 ounces and finish that off in the meantime, or at least when I get back, I finish off another 20 ounces. Now I'm up to 40 ounces, and I've not even had breakfast yet. I've not even gotten on my way to work anything else. I will fill up that container, and I will take the other another 20 ounces with me to work, and I'll sip on that on the drive into work. Then I will fill that container up one more time, and prior to lunch, about 10 or 15 minutes before lunch, I'll take in another 20 ounces. Now I'm up to about 80 ounces by lunchtime, which is well over half of where I wanted to be for the day. I'll go have lunch. After lunch, sometime during the afternoon, I'll consume another 20 ounces. And then on my drive home, I'll have 20 more ounces. Now I'm already up to five 20 ounce containers. That's 100 ounces. If by the time I get into bed that night, I've consumed 20 more ounces of water, I'm already right at 120 ounces. I would say anywhere between 100 and 120 ounces, depending on how big you are. I'm about 165 pounds, 6'1". If you're smaller than that, of course, you don't need that much water. You could, depending on your weight and all, you could, you could be around 80 ounces or so. But if you'll do this day in and day out, first it becomes a habit. You remember it, you think about it, it becomes important to you. Second, when you start seeing the effects and how well it works and what it does for you, you'll continue to do it. And then I want you to go ahead now, the first time you take that picture, I want you to mark your calendar so that in six months you take another picture. When you see how clear your skin is, when you look back and remember how much easier it is for you to go to the bathroom, urinate and defecate, that the constipation's gone, that the indigestion's gone, that the joint pain is gone or significantly reduced, you will say, why in the hell doesn't everybody teach this? Why in the world is this not being preached in every magazine that I read? Why is it not on the news every night? Well, I will tell you, I believe because it's too easy. There's no money in it. There's no magic pill. You don't have to go see somebody and pay anybody. You just have to do it day in and day out. Regardless of where you are in the medical model, in the healthcare model, whatever it is, no one will disagree as to the value of water. Commit yourself to it. Write us back and let us hear from you. 10minuteyogi at gmail.com. If you like what we do, Go to iTunes and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Let us hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you. We hope you appreciate us. 10minuteyogi at gmail.com.